Guys, this is the Commander's Vault Podcast. I'm Trevor. I'm JB. I'm Adam. And I'm Dale. And uh, this week we're going to be bringing you guys the Eldraine set review. So uh, we've got the full set spoiled now as of um, a few days ago or the last couple days. And uh, we're going to start by going through talking about all the legendary creatures, things that are relevant to the format, um, some cards that we thought were cool that we might add into decks. Um, but before we dive into that, I would like to take a second and... Um, talk about the upcoming events here at the Comics Vault. This weekend is going to be the pre-release for the set of Throne of Eldraine. Um, come on out if you can. It'll be sweet. It's going to be the first pre-release that the, uh, the owner is hosting here at the Comics Vault, so we're all really excited about it. Um, the week after that, the set drops for everybody, and the week after that, we will be having an Arch Enemy tournament here at the Comics Vault. So, um, for those of you who don't know, just a quick little thing about Arch Enemy. It's basically one guy versus three, but the one guy has a ridiculously loaded um, deck of cards called a Scheme deck that really just lets him, you know, kind of fug the table and stuff like that. So, yeah. it's going to be a lot of, of fun. At the beginning of the upkeep, you get a pretty powerful effect. Yeah, take an extra turn, draw thought four cards. Everybody. Yeah, thought sees everybody. Look at everybody's hand and play something for free. So, yeah, it, it's pretty gross, but... Um, that's why there's three of you versus one of us. So, But anyway, let's dive right into the set review today. So, um, Who wants to kick it off? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about some of the legendary creatures. Um, not even just for Commander, for limited and pre-release in general. Um, I personally am hoping to pull uh, Yorvel, the uh, Lord of Garenbrig. That's my boy. Uh, three green mana for... Uh, creature that's a zero zero but he enters with four plus one plus one counters on him whenever another creature enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on your vote and if your power is greater than that creature you put another plus one on um gonna be an absolute monster and limited it's yeah, a three drop sure. it's a four four three drop just flat that's real good and limited yep um as a commander if you're playing a green deck, mono green, you're gonna be playing a bunch of nugs, a bunch well, of dudes. Let me interrupt you there. It is uh Actually, if a, another creature would enter the battlefield and its power is greater than your bows, then you put, oh, yeah, put yeah, the yeah. counters on. Yeah. yeah, I got it I just mixed up. <laughs> There's a lot of text in my phone screen. There is a lot of text. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of thing. these legendaries have a nice fat yeah. box of text for but us. But it does only work with green creatures, which if you're running them as a commander, that should not be an issue yep. unless you're playing a lot of artifacts. Um, yeah, the fact that Yorvo just keeps getting bigger is awesome especially for commander clock it's you yeah, know for his sure. commander clock goes from you know five turns to four to three as you keep yeah. you know increasing his plus one plus ones um in fact he's only three men you know yeah it's a good for, commander you yeah, can jam out nice and early for sure for sure yeah and uh, i know that we all know green ramps better than any other color so getting yeah. three mana by turn two should not be an issue <laughs> Uh, you know, that's that's as simple as just forest, bird, forest. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's that's turn two. And uh, I know that you know we were we each kind of had our personal favorites among the the legendary the the rare legendary creatures. Um, and I think you were Gadwick, uh, right, yeah. Adam? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Gadwick is a uh, triple blue and X, uh, which is. He's a little different. Um, he's a 3-3 three, three 
but instead of the X like coming in and giving him plus one plus one counters and giving him his counter, you're gonna draw X cards whenever he enters. So that's a little different. That's the first time I think we've really seen something like that on a creature, um, rather than giving it like a uh, a bit, uh, giving him plus one plus one counters and stuff like that on a creature. Uh, and then whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent a opponent controls. Uh, Sounds like a high tide build. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I that's said. That's exactly yeah. what. That yeah. sounds like a high tide build for sure. High tide, unfortunately, the candle jubilabra uh, goes hand in hand with high tide and stuff like that. Candelabra of Tom. That's Tonos? it. Yeah. That's it. Candle. The chupacabra of Tonos. <laughs> I was so confused right there. Um, we knew what you meant. Yeah, uh, he's not bad. Maybe not a commander I would really uh, make, but I I'm more like Emery for the uh, blue legendaries out of this set. Uh, Emery reads a for three, two colors and a blue. Uh, she's a one, two. This spell costs one less to cast, reads artifact you control. Now when she enters, you'll put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. And then uh, she has a tap ability that you get to choose target artifact spell, uh, artifact card from your graveyard, and you may cast it this turn. Uh, so a lot of people are seeing her as a CDH commander. Um, I see her more as a value commander. I mean, there is the stuff you can go infinite with uh, Lotus Petal if you're able to constantly untap her and then you can go tap her again, get the Lotus Petal back, sacrifice, and so on and so forth. You're gonna gain that. Um, she goes hand in hand with uh, Miriam Spy, um, which is a card from uh, Miriam Besieged. For uh, two colorless and a blue, it's a 1-3 flyer, and whenever you cast an artifact spell, you get to untap target creature. So you can go infinite loops with that. There's uh, a lot of good stuff in blue that, like, whenever X ETBs, you know, untap some creatures, like the Vizier of the Tumbling Sands from Amon yep. um just stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really like her for her enter the battlefield ability, uh, for me as a blue player, that's taking away possible counter spells and possible interaction. Yeah. Like of those four cards, maybe one of them is an artifact, which is great for her last line of text. But yep. you might accidentally mill three counter spells or three responses in the process, and that's yeah. just something you really don't want to have happen. Um, but other than that, I think she's really powerful. Uh, the fact that you're for the most of the time she's going to come out as a blue if you're running the correct artifact yeah, package and sure. stuff like that. Um, and the fact that you get a little uh, recursion in the artifact world, like uh, let's say, for instance, um, you have a big spell like uh, oh, unwinding clock, and you want your unwinding clock in order to be able to untap during uh, your artifacts during your uh, opponent's untap step. Uh, you can get that back. You don't have to necessarily run the academy ruins and stuff. And uh, spend what is it 20 40 dollars on the academy ruins yeah i think so out. something like that i think they're like 30 bucks so yeah just about right in there i mean her it's an artifact build it's a blue artifact build there's a wide spectrum of how you can build it you can build it a little bit more budget and do like the unwinding clock and the uh, more cheaper side of artifacts or you can go full cdh and put in like the lotus petal the uh lion's eye diamond and try to go infinite that way yeah Definitely an interesting commander that I saw from the set too. I like I like that one. She's she's interesting. Uh yeah. So for me, I personally liked uh, Torbron, Thane of Redfell. For one colorless and three red, you get a two four legendary 
Dwarf Noble. And his text says, if a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus two instead. So for me, I would totally go the route of making like a, a Zuzu the Punisher style deck, but nice. with this as the commander instead, and then just running tons of effects that enchantments that are going to burn your opponents for anything they do. And then Mana barbs. just basically, yeah, just Things hit the like whole that. table. Mana barbs. Anka Mishra. Yep. I would also like to point out, I do. I know this is a uh, commander podcast, but this guy's ridiculous in like a 60 card format. Oh. Like where you can run lightning bolts. Modern. That makes your lightning bolts for five. Five damage you for can, one mana. You can kill somebody with four lightning bolts now with yep. this guy. You, you can run a play run... set of him, a play set of bolts, run your shocks and stuff, man. He... He's super good in a mono red burn 60 card format for sure. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think his mana cost will be a little prohibitive for anything other than standard. Even a mono, even in a mono red deck? I mean, if you're playing against mono, a mono red deck in modern, uh, more than likely you're coming with um, your curve is super low. That's true. So yeah, he's fair a four enough. drop. Um, you're gonna want to. You're gonna be wanting to cast like Swift Spears and Eidolons of the Great Rebel rather than gotcha. one four okay. drop dude. You know okay. What I mean? And I, I'm not saying that he's not powerful. I'm just saying that like Burn wants to dump their hand with as little mana as possible. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely and true. And stick on top deck mode for. So you think you could maybe, maybe like a one a sideboard or, or a one or two of yeah. Because, like, I mean, it, once you do get him out, then it's just, like, you at least get a 2-4 blocking body, but it just makes the value of all of your spells just so much better. Like I could see, I could see in Commander, like, there are so many shock effects, so many bolt effects. Yeah, they're not one red, but, but still. the fact that he adds two to any damage, you know. Your two-drop, two uh Lightning strikes are gonna yeah, be for exactly. five now. That's not that bad. Five yeah. damage for Dude, two. Chain lightning, and just uh, stuffy doll, and just chain lightning the crap out of yours, and just deal mad damage to whoever you chose. For yeah, stuffy he's doll. he's definitely tight. He makes all burn spells just that much better. Yeah. Just at like. Imagine you cast a shock with every burn spell or damage. Yeah, like, just yeah, imagine having sweet. to take four damage every time you play a land, like. With that Zozu. adds up. Yeah. <laughs> that adds up quick. For sure, for sure. So um, I'll take the, uh, you know, I'll just do a two for here because none of us really wanted to talk about Linden, to be honest with you. So we'll mm. just do a two for here. So the white legendary, uh, we got for three white, a three, three. Uh, Linden, the steadfast queen. She has vigilance, and whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain a life. Meh. You know, I mean, she's not. I mean, that's She's really not meh. like. She's she's gonna do what White wants to do, you know what I mean? You could make a token deck and then just swing with them and gain life, but that's really it. I mean, if if there was some sort of card draw stapled on here or just really anything else, token she would creation. be alive. Yeah, like just really give us anything else, and she might be a little bit better. Like but, whenever a creature you control attacks, you gain one life. Whenever Linden attacks, you get a one-one soldier token yeah. tapped and attacking. Yeah, sure, like, totally. I could see that. I mean, I I don't think it's. Just absolutely terrible, but she's it's just not mad. She's mad. Yeah. 
definitely in like a I think an angel's token deck. Like yeah, it's good. You get a ton of tokens. I would out not there. run her at you the helm. No, like I, she's I definitely a ninety nine er for me. Yeah. Like in a, most decks, you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm more of the I would not run her. Period. That's it. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, so moving on. That's really about. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Adam. I gotta say, I I mean, I feel bad for White. The last couple of sets. They have not given us a, a very valiant white creature legendary to make on a commander deck or anything like that. Good. That's because they can't. Uh, I know. Yes. Well, uh, um, with the power level of the Teferis in the past, you know, oh, a couple yeah. sets and stuff. I know Teferi here of Dominaria is absolutely, you know, rotating. Thank goodness. Yeah. Get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think that they can address White's weakness in the current meta that way by just I can see that. printing something like that. But no, but they could do they could do better. I mean, look at the better colors of Magic, blue and black. Look at the stuff that they've gotten in the last X amount of sets compared to what White's gotten. White needs a little bit of love, and I just I feel bad that unfortunately they are not printing anything good commander wise the thing too to keep in mind though is also that like yes the black stuff that we've gotten um in the last couple sets i.e yagmoth i.e bolus's citadel are like ridiculously good but they are also what black wants to do white doesn't really want to do a whole lot of ridiculous stuff so it's hard for them to print a creature that like really like makes white good does that make sense like that's my opinion anyway oh yeah like i mean even the good white creatures like Elish Norn and Avacyn and stuff, like they're not super great comparatively to other well, colored creatures. You know what I mean? Stoneforge like, Mystic. Let's yeah. look at that. You know, like Stoneforge Mystic. You know, white has always been really good at artifact tutoring. Yep, all for sure, for sure. You know, and that's a really powerful effect to be able to place an art uh, uh, equipment from your hand in the battlefield for two mana and a tap. Yeah, for sure. And I just feel like. Linden is what White wants to do, but just and it's like most what White form, wants yeah. to do sucks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, they should have flavor wise stapled one keyword of every color on her, like they did with Kenrith. How he's got one of each color, making it f- five colors. They should have gave her a keyword from each each color. Okay, so like maybe flying queen, for right? blue, trample for green yeah. or something. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe not have the abilities of each color, but... Yeah. But like a keyword like, like to sort of In a of game of a chess, hat. what's the best piece on the board? The queen. Why? Yeah. Because, dude, she knows everything. Like, yeah. So they could okay. have made her way better. Yeah, I, I guess I feel that. I mean, you'd have to obviously change your mana cost and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. She wouldn't, wouldn't be fit a, the cycle wouldn't be as a well. three drop, whatever. They could have made her like one colorless, three white, and gave her three good keyword abilities. Like, take know? the... take Flying, the Vigilance, and even Haste, maybe. Something or like life that. lifelink or something. Yeah, yeah lifelink's pretty white. Lifelink, Vigilance. Like, and that's not OP. Yeah. That's just... That's just average, honestly. Yeah. Basically, three, three like for that. three. Yeah. Basically, I don't want to spend too much more time talking about her. She's not super good. I think we can all agree on that. But um, then again, white in general, just not super good, so... <laughs> But, uh, so the one I do want to talk about is the Ayara, first of Lockthwain, for three black and a two three. Um, she's an elf noble. Whenever our Ayara, first of Lockthwain, or another black creature ETBs under your control, each opponent loses life and you gain a life. And then she has tap, sacrifice another creature, and you draw a card. 
I'm most excited to see her slot into my Yawgmoth deck. I think she's going to be very cool. yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to be very cool. The Yawgmoth needs a queen. Yeah, I like the triple black for Devotion, because I do have somewhat of a black Devotion sub-theme in there with Gary and Nikthos and stuff like that, as as most mono-colored decks do. If you're yeah. unfamiliar with the Gary Yes, theme. yes. Um... So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing her in there for a little bit more draw and a little bit more advantage in the Yawgmoth deck. That'll be pretty cool. And I think that she herself is now, like, I run Bantu's Monument in Yawgmoth for this, for specifically the Gravecrawler Phyrexian Altar Loop. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I could run, I could just basically slot her in for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I could remove Bantu's yep. entirely uh, just to run that because she has a a draw a card feature on her already. Yeah. Especially if you wanted to run her as a commander, um, things like Thornbite Staff, things like you know that allow you to untap whenever a creature dies yep. is just you know that yeah. much better. Super bonkers. Yeah. Very exciting. I think she's going to be sweet. Um, so that goes through our first cycle of legendary creatures. Um, there are a few like Emery that sort of dot around. So um, who wants to talk about Rankle, Master of Pranks, real quick before we go to the uh, Knights of the Round Table, as it were? I mean, he's, I think he's pretty good. Uh, just in a straight up, he's a four man, a three three with evasion and haste. Yeah. Uh, and then he does the combat damage effect too, which. Ah, I see why he's, he's, he's symmetrical. Yeah, you know, he's like it's not it's not each opponent discards a card; it's each player discards. Yeah, a card, I think it'd be a little too OP if it was just one sided. Lose one, each player loses one life and draws a card, or each player sacks a creature. Um, if you're trying to play a fast like Rankle Voltron or something like that, yeah. where you're you know you're never going to use that last mode because you're going to be spending most of your resources buffing Rankle yeah. and getting him. You know. So I do want to bring something up. I'm not super real like good about um, speculating on on the rarity of cards and should this or should this not be this rarity. But I gotta say I don't see this a mythic. So what do you guys think? I don't see this as a mythic. I don't know why this is a mythic. There's not a lot of cards in this set. I don't see where their va- where their uh, rarity. Lies. Yeah, like where are they getting this mythic value from? I mean, flavor wise, I can see why. For example, the legendary artifacts are all mythic. I can see why. Yeah. It's a magical universe. It's a fairy tale thing. They're magical items. Like I get it. They're going to be rare and yeah. Like so, flavor wise, which by the way, this set definitely, in my opinion, at the very least, is an eleven out of ten on flavor. Like, literally every card is a fairy tale card. Wants to do fairy tale things. I mean, even the storybook cards. Like it's just the flavor is out of control. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I just don't see this card being a mythic. I could see him being a rare for sure, for sure. But Definitely. I just I doubt him deserving the mythic slot for sure. Yeah, I feel like I'm not sure if there was if there's a synergy or something that I'm missing in particular. Yeah, maybe for standard. I don't very well could be standard. Yeah, too much. But I feel like he could have even cost one less because yeah, his effect it? is yeah. symmetrical. Yep. Um, you know, if he costs one more, I could say maybe it was if it isn't symmetrical. Yeah, it's like deals damage to a com- combat damage to a player, then each opponent does this. Yeah, thing. for sure, for sure. Um, well, what about a round cloaked giant? That's another mythic, and but it's a board wipe. 
It's a board wipe, yeah, but with a big I mean, booty attached to it. I, don't I can know. see. I don't know. I don't know if I see this one being a mythic, but d- that card definitely is pretty good. I mean, I mean, a board wipe that you can then later slap a seven-seven out with is pretty nice. It's I mean, all right. I don't know that it'll be super good in standard. I also don't know that it'll be super good in commander, but it is something that's there like, for an extra board you have wipe. To dump twelve mana into it. What format? Are you really like going to be? Like, Hopefully, commander. Commander's the only thing I really see it being yeah. like super viable. The it only could be other good way though, just you know? using the board wipe. Yeah, like you use your board wipe. It's a it's a utility it's a board piece. wipe. You if know? it goes really yeah. late game, yeah, in a control deck, then you'll have the mana. But by having twelve mana, the game should probably be pretty much over by then. No, I mean, unless honestly, you're playing mono white. Unless you're playing standard, where <laughs> the Teferi control decks. Could you know, games wouldn't end to like turn eighteen, turn yeah, twenty-two. How about you know, so like this is super viable where they're like, "Oh, aggro's building a board state. Blow it up. Leave this guy in exile just to for when we get to the you know we are yeah, in the end sure. game now." <laughs> but yeah, um, overall, Rankle. Back to Rankle. Overall, I think he's a decent card. I just don't really necessarily know if he deserves the mythic slot. I think that's an interesting choice. But um, there's there's cards in every set. That you, you know, I've always heard people complain, like, oh, how is this card a mythic? How is this card a mythic and stuff? And they, they do it for balancing the limited environment. Mm-hmm. They've got to make sealed viable, you know what I mean? So I do understand it to that extent, which is reasonable. So, but now um, let's talk about the next cycle of legendary creatures that we got the Knights of the Round Table, as it were. So, uh, who wants to kick it off with the white one? Sir Alin the Lion's Claw. It's definitely a token uh, style general or a white weenies, if you're familiar with the strategy, where you're playing white one and two drops. Um, Not necessarily to to instantly overpower, but you build the board state and then he buffs all your dudes. Yeah. So he also definitely is doing what white wants to do. Yeah. Um, The the costing and his PT is a little eh, like a five mana for a. 4-4 Four, four with just first strike I think is a little bleh but um, the buff only affecting other creatures I think is definitely yeah worth noting it's just uncommon which yeah, is cool that that's definitely you know good for limited yeah uncommon is cool for yeah. sure I'd also like to make a joke about um, this being a white car white card with the uh, you know just make a white claw joke here for a second, for everybody out there. <laughs> All right, moving on. Sir Alan the White Cloth. So let somebody, let's talk about Sir Elanora, the discerning. Adam. Uh, for three colors and two blue, she is uh, a star four. And her power comes from the number of cards in your hand. Whenever she enters the battlefield, you draw a card and then spells your opponents, cast a target, Sir Eleanor, cast two more to cast. Um... Really good and limited. I don't see her very well played in Commander, to be honest. No, probably yeah. not. I'm putting it in my mono blue deck. Yeah. I think she's cool. Yeah. I definitely think she's cool. Toothy. It's just draw cards, have a huge hand at all times. And, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, it's just fair. a little creature to put in there. I mean, it's definitely not a CEH deck, but it's just the deck. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's still table. tight, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's cool. <laughs> of the Knights, I think she's one of the better ones. Yeah. yeah. Really? I mean, the best one is the next one. 
Oh, in yeah, my opinion, I, the, know, best, the best one is the next one. Dale, why don't you tell us about Sir Conrad? Uh, he's a five mana, three colorless, two black, a legendary human knight. Whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent. And then you can pay two. Each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. This card is just sweet. Like, yeah, I, I am agree. like pumped to build just a janky mill deck with this dude at the helm. And yeah, like it can get out of control quick. Just dumping stuff into your graveyard. Like it's it's so good. And then pair it with a, a Yara. Throw that in the 99 too, and it's just like more value and just there's just so many combos you can do with just yeah for sure. I think he's tight. The I fact that he, he deals the damage. For all of those things. It's like, normally you only get deals one damage when a creature dies. Deals one damage when a creature leaves a graveyard. Deal one damage when a card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield. Like, you would get one of those on an uncommon, but to staple them all to one guy, yeah. I think is pretty... Like, dude, run Mind Crank in the 99 and just like, any way to just yeah. ping people for a damage and just yep. watch the just it just stacks and stacks and yeah, stacks. Yeah, for sure. I'd like so to also good. note that of all of them, I think um, besides the potential that Sir Elenera comes up with, I mean, he's the fattest, too. He's a 5-4 for yeah. 5, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. And the fact that he's his uh, effect that puts the top card of the library into the graveyard isn't a tap ability. Yeah, so it's, you can just uh, get a nice huge Cabal Coffers pool going on out yeah. there and just sink it. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sir, Sir, Car Sir Cara? I don't know. Kara? Sure, yeah. Kara the Bold. Uh, whenever an instant or sorcery spell you control deals damage to a player, exile the top card of your library, you must play that card this turn. Tap deals one damage to any target. Uh, five mana for a 3-3. Three, three. Um, I like the pairing within the set of Torbran, which just makes her yep. a lightning bolt, yep. essentially. Uh, but I really like the red impulse draw. Yeah. Red doesn't get a lot of good draw cards, mm -hmm. so they have they basically. I'm trying to remember what that Chandra, the Chandra's face on the card like four years ago or whatever. That was like exile the top two, and you can play them as though they were in your hand. Oh, you I, can't, I know what you're talking about. That was about, like the start of called. like the impulse draw. Like, yeah, wasn't she pulling down the goggles? Or the yeah, goggles yeah. Or you can that. see like an explosion going hmm. on in the goggles. I cannot nice. remember that card name, but the fact that. Red. If anybody knows that card, um, definitely comment on Facebook or on the Instagram and tell us so we can stop being driven crazy. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. But uh, the impulse draw, I think, is one of the better things to come out of red. It's not busted. It's not just straight card draw. But it gives red more options because, For sure. you know, there is the, feel, the definite feel-bads of you know, milling your bomb or something into exile and then never being able to cast it again. Yeah. But, you know, that's the whole thing with the color red is the impulsiveness, the willingness to try and just like, yeah, roll the dice. Let's see what happens, yep. you know? Yep. For sure. And lastly, uh, Sir Farron, the henge hammer for two green and a two two. So he is a bear. Huh. Um, and he's also riding a bear in his artwork, which is pretty sweet and flavorful. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing. Um, I know, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so whenever he attacks, another target attacking creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is Sir Farron's power. 
So, at the very least, the creature's going to get plus two, plus two, which is pretty sweet. And, uh, yeah, like, there's a ton of stuff in green that wants to give 1-1 one, one counters to the creatures and things like that. It's one of the best colors, arguably, for it. So, I mean, he's not a, he's not a creature that's going to lead a deck, probably, but he's pretty good in the 99 of, of a lot of a good, good, uh, good mono green decks out there. Um, speaking of mono green legendaries, there's the Questing Beast as well that we almost forgot about. Uh, Questing Beast is two green and two colorless. Um, he's a 4-4 with Vigilance, Death Touch, and Haste, which that's already good right there. Yeah, how about it? Um, Questing Beast can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Combat damage that will be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. And uh, whenever Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls. Yeah, this is a uh, cool card. I am definitely very excited to slot this into my mono green deck. Um, I was on the fence, and then Adam actually brought up a very good point about the third line of text. So in our meta, my Azusa deck is um, known for ramping hard, ramping fast. Um, it's not your typical strip mine cancer that most people have, but um, it's just mono green good stuff. It's essentially a really good mono green stompy deck that just outramps people because of you know the dropping two extra lands with Azusa. This card helps me get around Sporefrog. Yes, which is which is one of the main ways in our meta that shuts my Azusa deck off. I mean, if I don't have Scoos out, scavenging ooze out. To get rid of the frog when it hits the graveyard, I'm pretty much done for. Yeah, but you um, just cheat and have Scoos out all the time. I know, right? <laughs> Somehow, honestly, if Adam plays his Marin Clan of Neltoth deck, the opening hand of my Azusa deck more than likely has a Scavenging Ooze, or <laughs> I top deck at turn one. Just seems to be how it goes. Um, but yeah, so the combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. No more Spore Frog. Dude. So that means my damage is rolling through regardless, which is very nice. So I'm definitely excited to slot this I guy I can't even like begin to tell you how many times. You know I, I run a lot of mono Oh, yeah, decks. for sure. Like how many times I've just had lethal and then somebody's just like fog or Constant some mists. other effect yeah, that exactly. prevents, yep. prevents the damage. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think this guy's pretty. I pretty think he is too. And like Adam said too, for four mana, a 4-4 four, four with three really good really relevant like uh keywords you got the haste vigilance and death touch like this this guy is choice he's choice for sure again i would not helm a deck with this card but a 99 for sure of any mono green good stuff deck yeah like, you just tutor it out no question about it, it tutor it out play it Swing. yeah very very cool what about the last line of text what do you think about that um i do like that that's just for me it's just added value you know what I mean? Now I don't have to swing. Really? Well, now I don't have to swing at your planeswalkers. If you've got a pesky Teferi time raveler out who's not letting me cast instance, all I've got to do is swing at you, and I'm going to kill him just in passerby. You know what I mean? Like that's what I mean, though. It's just like it's a four-four for four with, you know, if you think about it, one, two, three, four, five, six effects. Yeah. Yep. You know. Vigilance, Death Touch, Haste, and then the three lines of text. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is—he's a super OP card. I can. This I understand being mythic, just because of the sheer amount 
of text stapled to the card, keyword abilities, and then the um, overall cheapness of the card. I think they just put that last line in there to just help, like, keep the War, War of the Spark, Spark just draw For yeah. sure, for sure. So, this like, will be in standard with War of the Spark If for a this would have came so. out in, like, any other set that didn't come right after that, I don't think they would have included that last line. That's a good but, point. Yeah, that yeah. is a good point. Definitely. War, the power creep on Planeswalkers from War of the Spark is definitely still a real thing. <laughs> like, and it will be for at least a little bit longer. Speaking of standard, I just want to say how telegraphed it seems that devotion is coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just like yeah, oh, we've got a lot even, of triple color cards yeah. in this. Yeah, for sure. And we're not even gonna set. wait till next set in order to do it. We're just gonna start setting you guys up mm-hmm. right here and now. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. You, you got a whole cycle of legendary rares here with three devotion, yep. and then in core. Core 20, you had the, all the, the mythics. Cavaliers, that were yeah. all yep, three. the Cavaliers for sure. Yeah, I think it's definitely no surprise either. I mean, we are going back to Theros. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that, the next set after Throne of Eldraine? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I could definitely see Devotion making a comeback. Uh, honestly, let's all put our hands together and pray for a Nikthos reprint. That would be nice. We could use one of those. Very nice. Hey. It's not super expensive, but I mean, hey, if bucks. they could go from like twelve bucks to five bucks, I wouldn't complain. Um, Honestly, like, I hope they kind of go a little different this year. Instead of just doing black and green, having the most stuff, they do a little bit of other devotion. You know what I would actually be excited to see is, oh, um, like Cabal Coffer esque lands. Or like artifacts or something like that for each color, um, but that deal with devotion. So like for example, Cabal Coffers is two tap add a black for each swamp you control. It'd be cool if we got some artifacts. Maybe not for green because green doesn't really need that kind of help. But you know maybe white and it's you know for three and tap you add some amount of mana for your devotion to white or something like that. It'd just be nice to get some more like rampy type stuff out of devotion because that's honestly the best thing you can use it for mm-hmm. is ramping into something just absolutely fat but i mean the devotion effects are generally steered towards the overall color pie theory and nikthos is the bridge between all of those yeah yeah so like nikthos is there to do exactly what you just said yeah except, and like the the main you know bomb cards which came from Theros block were the gods themselves. Mm-hmm. So turning on a you know a seven six Mogus or seven five or whatever he is, mm-hmm. you know. So having that kind of indestructible creature that was all part of the devotion mechanic and like Gary, mm-hmm. you know Gary. You know, gain, lose life, that kind of thing. That's what black does. That's yep, the drain. For sure. That's uh, more or less what I mean. I don't necessarily mean like a Nikthos for each color or a Cabal for each color. I just mean like some card that deals with big mana or just big amounts of devotion and does something. Like maybe it's, um, maybe the white card is gain life equal to your devotion to white. Maybe the blue one is draw cards. Um, or the red one is burn equal to your devotion, stuff like that. But I mean, there, that's, you know, there were those. Oh, those well were, then, yeah. there you go. Well, give us more of that then, please. Yes, <laughs> I would definitely like to see more of that. 
if there's another functional Gary reprint. I, yeah. Oh my God, oh. that would be awesome. It would be so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yogmoth needs more toys. Hell Phyrexia. Hell Phyrexia. Um, Black has got a bomb. Within the last five sets, they do not need anything else. They don't need anything Shut else, up, but hey, weird. we'll take it. <laughs> White is the color that it, that needs help. Yeah, I mean, even red is even red is better than white right now. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> red's been better than white, at, you know, in both the standard environment and commander, and pretty much anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, sorry, white. In standard, <laughs> since Ramanop Red was a thing, since yep. Amonkhet, you know, yep. Ramanop Red just smashed people's faces in. Yep. And white just doesn't keep up, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah. What? The best white card I've seen in the last couple sets is Smothering uh, Tithe. Smothering Tithe is yeah. good. That is a very good card for white. That's well, Oketra. Best one. Yeah, wow. Oketra's pretty the, good. The, yeah, the, cur- the, 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 four, the god one. Yeah, yeah, the god eternal Oketra. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's her effect. Not bad. Yeah, no. yeah I agree. Same. You know, but getting, getting two, not even no, amazing, but decent cards is still pretty. I yeah. like. In I agree four with sets, you. They get two I, decent cards. <laughs> I agree with you, but the gap between you know black and red, and the gap between red and white is just vastly different. Vastly different. Oh, yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I think this is a good time to mention this card real quick. It's a red card, and uh, abilities like this, I think, are what is making red a lot more viable. Yeah. And the cards, uh, robber and the rich. It's one colorless, one red, and it's a human archer rogue. With reach, haste, and whenever Robber of the Rich attacks, if depend, depend, Jesus, if defending player has more cards in hand than you, exile the top card of their library. During during any turn you attacked with a rogue, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were any color to cast that spell. That ability in red has been making its way into like a lot of sets with like a tally, like all these effects mm-hmm. allow you essentially to get some card advantage because you're taking away their spells and putting them in exile but also having the ability to cast cast those spells yep so like i like it that makes red a little bit better than what it used to be nice flavorful robin hood card for everybody yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, i like the art too yeah the art is tight the art is tight i could have seen him being a legendary i saw a lot of talk about that like on some of the facebook edh forums like why wasn't this guy a legendary creature blah 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 but i think he should have yeah, I think he could have been, for sure. He definitely could have been. Um, before we derail too much further, uh, let's talk about the Biobox promo. Kenrith, the returned king. So, he's white, but he's also Wooberg when it comes to commander. He can be run as a five-color commander. So, we have um, for a white and four, a 5-5. Five, five. He's a human noble. This is King Arthur, everybody. Uh, for a red, all creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. For one and a green, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. For two and a white, target player gains five life. For three and a blue, target player draws a card. And for four and a black, target player puts a creature card. Or, sorry, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. Um, So it's pretty cool. I mean, he gets a little bit of uh, what every color wants to do, which is nice. That's not something we always get with five-color generals. Normally, it's just, you know, here's a five-color general that does this cool thing. And, yeah, you can run all five colors, you know what I mean? But it's not necessarily, like, wanting to do things from all five colors. This is very interesting because it does have a very flavorful 
um, activated ability for each color. It's well, I mean, it's the first thing to have an activated ability of each color since like Chromat. Yeah, yeah, how about it? Right. It's, yep. it's, it's basically yeah. updated Chromat mm -hmm. yep. uh, to deal with the power creep. Yeah. Um, but I, for one, hope that I can find some poor soul running Phase the Untouchable in their 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 deck so that I can put it in the graveyard and then return it to their battlefield. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I want to kill somebody with their own Phage. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, this card screams combo to me. Yeah, I 100% I mean, agree. This yeah. is very much a food chain commander for sure. Mm, I wouldn't say food chain, but going infinite, um, getting infinite mana in order to go off. Yeah, I mean, you can use food chain to do that, though. No, I mean, but you wouldn't be able to activate his abilities with yeah, food chain. Yeah, you couldn't now. activate his abilities. Oh, fair enough. I thought because they were, it was a... Isn't it just creatures or creature abilities on food nope. chain, or is it just no. to cast creatures? To cast I should know well. this. I have approached food chain competitive EDH right. deck, but um, you know. My thing though is part. if you are gonna run a, a combo deck in this for infinite mana, like you got to have quite a bit of different ways to like generate infinite mana of any color, which is a lot harder than just generating infinite blue mana or generating. This you is know, true. Infinite colorless. creature mana, like with food chain. Yeah. yeah, like this is true. I mean, that's where things like um, Phyrexian Altar are going to come in. Yeah, if you're, you know, if you're producing dudes, or even um, what's the one from Core Twenty or a recent set, Prismite. I think it's for two generic, turn it into one color. So if you have infinite mana, I mean, you can channel that into any color. Yeah, you want. Gem, yeah, Gemstone Array is yes, basically yep. the, the mm -hmm. same effect, but just an artifact. Yeah. I think but he's the, cool. He can, the I best think. ability on him, I think, is the one red. Like, oh, dude, dude, Holic, for, trample sure. And for sure. And you just give anybody stuff trample and haste at any yeah, time. You can just be like, bro, don't hit me. I'll give all your stuff trample and haste. This would be pretty cool to see as a pillow fort deck. I would love like to that. see it as a group hug. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, group definitely, hug. definitely yeah, having it like about. you know, you're, you're basically oh, I can give you throne. back your creature from the graveyard. Yeah, you're telling everybody, hey, do this, do that. You are, you're my lord. Yeah, that's actually you know? that's actually very interesting. I think that could be a fu super fun archetype. Um, anybody brewing Kenrith the Return King? Check us out on Facebook at The Commander's Vault. Drop your deck list. We'd love to see it. We'll talk about it. We'll leave you some feedback. Or uh, shoot us a DM on Instagram at The Commander's yeah. Vault. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We really want to get some discussion going. I love looking at deck lists. So, yeah. yeah. If you guys are brewing new stuff, man, we'd love to see it. Just drop it in there. We'll take a look at it. Um, you can DM it to us, like JB said on Instagram. We'll, we'll definitely get around to it. And, I mean, as far as, like, Commander-centric cards go, I mean... Adam and I talked about this on the last episode, but, uh, you know, better Foul Warstone, Arcane Signet. Yeah. Just, I mean, it is a it is a straight one-for-one -one replacement for me. Um, I don't care what kind of your mana, what mana you're making. I need mana that I need to make. So, yeah. just for two mana, it's I not agree. even a, not even a. I mean, the issue. thing is so good, it's pre-ordering for, like, 20 to $30 right now, depending on where you go. Like, it's not going to hold that price, because I honestly think that they're going to print the Brawl decks, like, into Oblivion, which is a good thing. I hope so. I hope so as well. It'll drive the price of the shocks down that are in those. Um, yeah, I, I really don't want to be spending aftermarket $20 for an I Arcane Signet. I can tell you that right now. I will not be paying $20 for a Signet. An Arcane Signet. No way. I'll probably find them for 5 to $8 I'm after hoping. they yeah. come out. That's it's going to be like a Soul Ring. Yeah, I, you know? I think so. People I think so. Acting like it's, it's something that they're going to print every year now, probably. It'll probably... It's going to be the standard Soul Ring. I can see it being the standard Soul Ring. They're not going to print Soul Ring in standard. Well, like, they're just not going to. You know yeah. what I mean? So... It, 
I can see this being the Brawls version of Soul Ring and getting printed in every deck. I mean, funny story, now that, now that I mean, you mentioned Soul Ring getting printed in Standard, uh, the, the term, like, the Power 9, mm-hmm. uh, it was actually debated to be the Power 10, and Soul Ring was the 10th card. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, for, I mean, at the time, spend one mana, get two. Yeah, uh, for sure. Repeatable. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know what's super nice, too, I just realized about this Signet is, like, let's say I'm playing, um, you know, a four-color deck or something like that that's a little bit more, like, difficult to get your mana fix, uh, fixated and things like that. You can turn one, drop a land, drop your Soul Ring into your Arcane Signet, and you've still got a mana to play with. Now you still have the mana that you would have had from that first land you dropped, but it's of any color now. So if you take kind of a mediocre hand that's a little bit more, you know, heavy in one of the colors that you, you know, you don't necessarily need, getting that signet out turn one like that is basically, um, it's just all advantage. You've dropped your land, you've dropped in a soul ring that's going to benefit you, and you still have mana available for maybe a swan song or something like that. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty cool. Definitely a great card. No doubting the value there. I mean, (laughs) no doubting the value there, for sure. Um, We've been talking about it ever since it came out on episode two i think we talked about yeah yep yep yeah, it's a good card yeah it's a very good card which kind of segues into the brawl decks um so we got a new command tower artwork pretty sick which is yeah it's that is just understating it in my opinion <laughs> like i am literally when the brawl decks drop i'm ordering eight command towers and i'm replacing all of my command towers with the new art like i just love it i think it's so awesome it's fresh. Um, I mean, we get a command tower every year, but it's the same artwork. So that's Which one of the weird. biggest. That is weird. I know, right? That is one of the biggest things that I find about the brawl decks going to be um, like nice and impactful for EDH. I know Wizards is printing these decks, trying to revitalize a, a dying format, but I honestly think the majority of people who are going to buy this product are actually going to be commander players. You're giving us Command Tower, you're giving us Arcane Signet, you're giving us a Shock in each deck, and you're giving us a new Legendary to build with. I, I really think that a lot of Commander players are going to dig this product. It's basically now we get two Commander Christmases. We get Commander Season in August, and then... I, I, would, say, I would say it's like Christmas and then like Christmas light. Yeah, you know? yeah like, for sure, yeah. for sure. It's like, I mean, we, we're going to get some... You know, we're in Commander Season, it's like, oh my gosh, there's this and this and this, and mm-hmm. this is pre-ordering for this much and i can't wait to build around this and in brawl decks it's going to be like well the whole set spoiled this is what we got but you know we got like two commander cards yeah and if we get that's something true. as impactful as like arcane signet that's just functionally a better reprint of something that every you know a lot of command players use it's i just think it'll be worth it yeah i agree well, do we know if these are going to be printed every set or are these going to be printed every couple sets i think as of right now i'm not i'm not sure I'm not sure. I could see them doing it every set. Well, like I, I said, it's a format that they're trying to like reinvigorate, so I can definitely see them spending the effort and resources but trying I, to reinvigorate it. It's all going to be how people vote with their money. That's true. That is everything that, like, you know, Wizards throws us a bone and does cool stuff when it's requested, but they're just like any other company, they're looking to make the money. Oh, you for know? sure. Why haven't we gone back to Kamigawa when it's such a flavorful, like, cool set? Because it didn't sell. 
Yeah. You know, when they did it the first time, it was considered a, f- a huge failure. Yeah. And, you know, we all look back with, like, rose-colored glasses, like, oh, man, look at all these really weird, cool cards and stuff. You know, why can't we get something like that? You know, why can't we go back to Kamigawa? Yeah. Because nobody wanted to be in Kamigawa in the first place, apparently. Yeah, at the you time. Know, like, it was at the time. On, uneventful, so, yeah. So, you know, it was... It's basically... The more people that vote with their money for these brawl decks will determine whether or not we get more, you know, impactful brawl decks or whatever. You know, if it's a mediocre sale and then the reasons people are giving is like, well, it wasn't, it just wasn't good enough for me to spend the money. Then Mm -hmm. maybe they bump it up. You know, maybe then we do get two Commander Christmases or something like that. That'd be nice. Or, you know, maybe we, you know, they buy the heck out of them as is. And then they're just like, yep, this is good enough to invest our R&D money in. You know, stamp it. We'll, we'll sell these every single... Da, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. So going off that, um, do you think that if these are sold, but they're for commander purposes, that they'll end up continuing on doing Brawl? If they realize that it's not like actually going in the way that they think it's going to go? Yes. This is why. How will they realize when like all they're going to show up for their brawl events? Are they going to have brawl events? I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they could do brawl events, but it's it's less about the healthiness of brawl yeah. as a format versus we care. print this we <laughs> we print this product and all these you know commander scrubs go out and buy it. Mm. And I say scrubs as in like we know that we're you're voting with your money for this product that we. Think I think brawl is kind of a dumb format. Oh yeah. But it, they're when they're printing those little those little nugget those little cherry of wisdom cards in there. Yep. You're just like, yep, I want that. You're gonna buy it. Yep, a hundred percent. So it's not gonna. They're not gonna measure. Yeah. Like maybe at the, at first when they see like, oh wow, look all these brawl ducks brawl decks sold. Uh, you know, next Magic Fest or GP brawl event. Here we go. And then like and five. Then that's people, when they would find out. Yeah. yeah. But they're not going to care at that point because no, they're going to be like, dude, the sales. We were. already have the money. Yeah. Yep. The sales were there. Whatever. <laughs> you we'll know, and then it. they just discontinue doing brawl events and sell the brawl product because the brawl product sells. Yep. 100%. That's what that's what I think. Just specifically from uh, just like a money standpoint. Like that's yeah. what, you have to think about it like there's no pride involved as far as like the you know the person who created brawl quote unquote you know isn't going to be wallowing asleep in a giant sack of money because they sold all these brawl decks yeah you know because people aren't playing that format specifically it, it just doesn't matter yeah you know the money's already in their pocket I don't think they're going to care that much yeah one thing I do want to say is what the prof mentioned already is like I think it's a huge mistake to not put the uh, promo code in the brawl deck for for uh, yeah. arena like that is Correct. Just stupid like i'm telling you right now i'm not gonna play arena but if i were to buy a brawl deck and it came with the brawl code i might go and download arena yeah how about it? i mean it. you're gonna get the that free deck on there that you can then use yeah yeah i 100 percent agree i actually did not know that they didn't put the codes into the brawl decks that is that, that, that seems like your mind that does seem like sort of a uh, swing and a miss but yeah terrible it happens you know so next time but um back to the set so we're going to talk about um, one of the other cycles that we got in this set the legendary artifacts all printed at mythic 
Um, I guess I'll kick us off with the Circle of Loyalty. It's the white one. So it's for four and two white. This spell costs one less to cast for each knight you control. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast a legendary spell, create a 2-2 white knight. Creature token with vigilance. And then for three and a white tap, create a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance. So, um... I mean, yeah, good. it's it's yeah, it's pretty good for Night what it tribal. wants to do. Yeah, it's not bad at all. So, uh, legendary tribal with what's his name who was printed in M twenty, the Elf Advisor. I can't think Ooh, of his name off the top a, of my head. Oh, he could yeah, go go in there, mm. but I mean, aside from that, yeah. Oh, Kethis, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the Obzon so. Commander. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be dropping this for less than six unless you are running, you know, knights. Yeah, for um, sure. Which six for a an anthem and a token generator is kind of eh. Uh, but I mean, in a knight's deck, it will be yeah something you have to remove. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, You're gonna get a ton of value out of it like reasonably quickly. With yeah, a white deck for that, sure. Exactly. Like if it's a white deck and it's not a knight's deck. Or something like that. If it's not a knights-centric deck, I leave this alone. Mm-hmm. It's just not that great. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, I think it's. I'd say middle of the pack as far as power level in these artifacts. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not the worst. <laughs> no, um, definitely not the worst. And I mean, so the next the next one is uh, the Magic Mirror, which is the legendary blue artifact. It is six and three blue. Uh, this spell costs one less for uh, each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. You have no max hand size. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a knowledge counter on the magic mirror. Then draw a card for each knowledge counter on the magic mirror. Um, I, it's a this is an instant remove for me. If I saw it, if I'm playing in a spell against a spell slinger deck like your uh, like your Mizzix, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna drop this for like four. Yeah. Or less, you know, yeah. three blue. Yeah. And the fact that it just it gains you incrementally increasing advantage on each turn means I cannot let it go oh, more no. than two turns. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. I guess I check. must have misread that bottom line of text the first time I read. That is super yeah, good. So it draws you one, then two, then three, then four, then yeah, that yeah. Is, it's yeah, wow, yeah. If left unchecked, it's a it's a major problem. That's the only line of text that I don't like on it is the fact that I have to wait a full turn cycle to get back to me in order for that me to start drawing cards. And within that turn cycle, if I'm not able to protect it or um, you are able to outbeat me, then, yeah, it's a problem. Um, it's not something I would truly want to lose. It's but a good card, though. But if you're not having to sink nine into it, it's a little bit better if it gets hated off the table than if you paid nine. The feel bads on you tapping nine out to play this and it not making a turn cycle, oh, that, that yeah, would suck. That would absolutely but but definitely being able to drop that in for cheaper than nine is, is a little better. Make yeah. it it um takes away a little bit of the salt. <laughs> yeah. I mean you drop it in for nine and someone blows it up, it's just like, well, all right, I'm going to head out. Yeah. Like, like, all right, well, I guess I'm not allowed to do anything. If you pair it with Inexonerable Tide and then cast a couple cantrips and proliferate yeah. a few times. Oh, it definitely, yeah. sees, it definitely right. sees some some juiciness and some uh, proliferate decks. 
personally, I'm not going to put it in Atraxa because Trips Blue is uh, yeah, in a four color deck. Four color deck. Yep, for sure. But uh, but there has been a lot of proliferate support because of War of the Spark and absolutely. stuff like that. So yeah, this is totally something that you can get some pretty good advantage off yeah. of for sure. I definitely think this is like the second best. Yeah, the I would second, agree. I would say second or third. I would agree. The Ember Cleave is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty good. That's what that's that was my ranking. I was like, it's either this at number two or Ember Cleave. Yeah, yep, one or the other. The best one's definitely the green one, but we'll get there. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one that uh, I think is the worst is the next one. Um, the Cauldron of Eternity for 12, 10 colorless and 2 black. The spell costs 2 less to catch for each creature card in your graveyard. So, I mean, yeah, you could possibly drop it in for 2. Uh, whenever a creature you control dies, put it on the bottom of your owner's library. Just cross that line of text out. Yeah, it or works. at least just the part about putting it on the bottom. What's that? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's horrible. Shuffle it into your deck. Yeah. That is terrible black. Ability. But it's just, it would be way too good if it was just two lines of text. If it was yeah. the first and last oh, you know, yeah. you know, ability, essentially. Yeah. Uh, to finish it out, it's... Um, for two colorless and a black tap, pay two life. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You can only activate this at, uh, at sorcery. Speed. Which you're not going to have because they're already going to the bottom of your library when they die. From the yeah. Now, if, if you remember uh, back when uh, Theros and Cons were in the same... Was it Cons? No, it might have been... Yeah, Theros and Cons were in the same... The same block? Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, Theros produced Whip of Erebos, mm -hmm. which won a world championship. I don't know yeah. if anybody like follows that. Was that Sidisi Whip? Yeah. The Sidisi Whip deck? Sidisi nice. Whip with uh, uh, Hornet Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, Hornet Queen comes out, makes a bunch of dudes, and then you kill Hornet Queen, and then Hornet Queen comes out again with uh, the Whip. So you have, essentially, with the Whip out, you have eight 1-1 one, one lifelink death touch dudes. Pretty good. Gross. Yeah. 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 yeah I actually uh, built I mean, a deck one time. It was awesome. I loved I loved it. Yeah. And this, I feel, is like a pale comparison, a a shadow of yeah. of Whip of Erebos. Yeah, it costs one less mana to do. The sorcery tag is still on it. You can only do it at sorcery speed. Uh, but, man, the... When it dies, put it on the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. it's not even fueling its own cost reduction. I mean, you know what I mean? To like, be fair, the whip exiles. This so is true. Once it's whipped, it's exiled. This is true. But you know, it gains haste, mm -hmm. so you can attack with it. Yep. Uh, for the whip, and the whip gives it lifelink, which I think is infinitely more valuable whenever you're trying to pay life to activate abilities. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just I do not really like this card. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. And honestly, um. The black power creep has been real, so I'm totally, <laughs> which is, fair. I'm totally okay with this card not being that great. You know what I mean? Like it, it's okay. We we got others. It's like, no problem. Ayara so. was good. Yeah, Ayara was a great black card. Yep, fantastic CMC, great abilities, and I'm fine with that being my favorite yeah. black card from the Agreed. set, rather Agreed. than the legend, uh, the legendary artifact that's uh, mythic. Yeah. Or the, the fairy rogue. Yeah, you for, know, sure. I, for sure. For sure. This feels more like a Golgari type card to me than mono black. Like I don't know why, it's just the yeah, the I mean, we were just talking about it, the 
enchantment. There's a white enchantment that says whenever a creature dies, you search your library for a card, a creature card with the same name, put it in your hand. And that functions with this because the creature will die, that trigger will go on the stack, you'll put the card on the bottom of your library, and then you search it out with that trigger, put it back in your hand. So, like, you can abuse ETBs and death triggers and things like that with something like that, but uh, I just... Man, as a as a champion of mono black, we got Bulls of Citadel, we got spoiled, we got Yogmoth. It was just it was time it was time to be like, hey, this is a card that's not super great. Yep. And I feel like that's where we got where we came from with this. Yeah, which is totally okay. Yeah. This is yeah. my number five. This yeah. is the worst. Yeah. This is definitely the worst of the, of the cycle five. for sure. Especially Gavage. for Commander. Gavage. Yeah. But uh, the one higher on the list, which is next, is Embercleave. Dale, I think you want to talk about Embercleave. You're the, you're the red player. Yeah, he is yeah. a resonant red player, that's this for sure. This is my favorite artifact of him, and it's uh, four colorless, two red. Uh, it has flash. The spell costs one colorless less to cast for each attacking creature you control. When it enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. An equipped creature gets a plus one, plus one, has double strike and trample, which Ooh. is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to just attack with my commander that's a, a big boy and slap this thing right in and onto it and just one-shot people. Like, it's yeah. going to be It's going to be dope. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I definitely... it the The fact that it's castable during combat, it is in itself an artifact combat trick. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And... Has the, you know, all of them have the cost reduction of whatever condition needs to be met. I think this one is easy to achieve in red. Uh, I don't, I don't know how many, you know, mono red decks are going to play this, but definitely like red white, yeah, mm-hmm. red green, Gearid. yeah, definitely. Like might not you know. slap it on Gearid per se, but that uh, Eldrazi ten ten token. Like that's attacking. Yep. That I'm gonna flash in there and hit you for twenty now. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. it's definitely also the knights too. I mean, Mardu knights are gonna like it. Oh, Why absolutely. Not, you know. Yeah, I, I can definitely see if you're a Voltron build and you ha- you are running red. I don't see why you would not run this. Yeah, definitely. For sure, for sure. And uh, and this, then yeah, this was like my number two or three. This one here. This was my number one. Or Ember Cleave. All right. Yeah. This was my number one or two. And then that pushed oh, me over to two for, or three. Yeah. Are you talking about Embercleave being number, your number one? Yeah. The next one gotcha. is my number one. Yeah, the next one is also my number one, the final one, the Great Henge for seven and two green legendary artifact. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So you're going to cast it for two. Let's just be honest with ourselves here. And um, you're going to tap and add two green and gain two life. That's not bad. Um, but the last line of text is the doozy here. It's whenever you ca- whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you get a 1-1 counter on it, and you draw a card. That's pretty sweet for green. Yeah. I mean, this is potentially something that, in all seriousness, like after turn three, you should be dropping for four or less. Yep. And you're going to get two mana off of it immediately. No summoning sickness. Okay, we've got it. It's an artifact, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you've got pumping and card draw and a third ability like this one is definitely the best one of uh, all. Yeah. Yeah. life like, gain it's got yeah, everything it's got a little bit of everything <laughs> for sure it really does um the artwork is super dope 
I really just like that portal kind of like in a tree-ish type thing. I don't know, it's man. Stonehenge. I just, yeah. I, I really dig this card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even Stonehenge. notice that. Yeah, Dude, it's, it's a great hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> Silly fool. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the It's definitely... This is the most in color wheelhouse for artifact. Um, this will come out the fastest in yep, a sure. monocolor deck of the choice. Even in a non-monocolor deck, I feel like it's super powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the double green is not that big of a, a hurdle to overcome if you're in green you're ramping mm-hmm. anyway. Yep. Um, but the 1-1 the one, one counter draw card... Just yeah. good. Super good. You don't have to, you know, it's... Uh, it just draws you a card, which essentially you're going to be paying two for it anyway. So paying two for an artifact that's just going to draw you cards in green. Yeah. Dude, yeah. elf ball, like all the low drop elves, and mm-hmm. you just cast a bunch of them on your turn and just keep drawing cards, and they're just yeah. bigger. Yeah, it's just so well, like, even, like, for example, my Azusa deck. Like, I like to try and get Omnath, Locus of Mana, out as soon as possible. Yeah, he comes in as a 1-1, but his power is, you know, almost immediately building towards that 7 to make it cost oh, less. Yeah, that's real You're going to drop out your dorks. You're going to drop out your things like Yeva and Seaborn well, Muse that are the, all, like... It's the, yeah, I mean... You're getting there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, quickly. Like, it's not going to be difficult to have this thing dropping in for less than four, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this was definitely, like, number one. One and two, or but the, the two and three spots were harder fought, but this was definitely, like, yeah. the best one. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it was easy to tell which one was the best and which one was the worst. Yeah. And then the other three are just fighting for those three spots. Yeah, for sure. Between. For sure. That is definitely true. But, uh, um, so we're going to wrap up the talk of the legendary artifacts. Um, we don't, we aren't going to have time, obviously, to go through every single card in the set, but we do want to talk to you guys about some of the other cards that we just found were sweet. And um, maybe we found some places for in our commander decks. Um, there is one legendary creature who I neglected to mention who will be finding his way, hopefully, into my Prosh food chain deck. And that is Grum Gully the Generous. For one and a Gruel, so red and green, we have a Goblin Shaman 3-3. Each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional 1-1 counter on it. Um, so yeah, you pair this with uh, Murderous Redcap which just got reprinted in uh, Ultimate Masters. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, basically you're constantly going to be able to get the red cap back. Because doesn't the red cap have Undying? Uh, persist. Or Persist, persist. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're constantly going to be negating out the Neg 1, Neg 1 counter that comes back on it, um, putting 1-1 one, one counters on stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool. I got a foil of that red cap, too. If you Did you? Know. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind for sure. Um. Oh, I got a card here. It's a it's a artifact creature snake, and its cost is X Stone Coil Serpent. It has Reach, Trample, and Pro Multicolor, and it enters obviously with X plus one counters on it. For me, this is gonna go into my uh, Gargos Hydra Mono Green deck. It might make its way into some of my other Mono Green decks just because of the uh, Reach and Pro Multicolor. Gives me pretty solid protection against some flying Multicolor commanders. Like uh, the dragon that can, what is that? Ur dragon, scion of Ur dragon. Oh, that can just like change and stuff yeah, like that. Like yeah. I, I lose a lot to that because it's flying and it just 
hits me. So yep. this guy's pretty solid at just being always able to have a good blocker out there. And it's, I have green, so I just give it hexproof. And yeah, for sure. It's pretty solid. Blocker. Yeah, I like it. And the artwork is dope, for sure. Yeah, the artwork is legit. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I like it a lot. But yeah, I mean, there were definitely some some cool some cool cards coming out of the set. Uh, overall power level, I don't think is anything out of this world. I think they they wanted to dial it back a little bit after War of the Spark, which was a huge culmination of if you think about it, the last fifteen plus years of magic. Yeah, you know, like. Like maybe t- ten, ten years. Yeah, or so. a long time. A long sure. time, you know. And it was basically down to this huge climactic battle event, War of the Spark. Kaboom! Bolas gets you know trashed and thrown into a prison plane. Um, and now they're. It's kind of like a reset, you know. I feel like they wanted to a palate cleanser. Yeah, if you will, uh, where the set isn't going to be, you know, smashing a lot of boundaries. They print some cool cards. It's a plus on flavor. I yep. think I think it's pretty decent. Yeah, I think overall it's definitely a decent set for sure. Um, one of the cards I wanted to talk about, I thought was pretty sweet, was Mirror Maid. Um, it's for two blue and one. It's an enchantment, and you may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact or enchantment on the battlefield. So we got a copy enchantment and a copy artifact all in one card. Um, this for me is relevant because I actually am like trying to acquire a copy artifact for my Urza CDH deck. I might honestly just grab one of these because then I can grab, you know, copy an enchantment too if I really needed to. And it's only for one more blue, which is no issue in the Urza deck. So I'm definitely excited for that. While we're on the topic of blue cards, Opt got a really nice uh, reprint with new art. I think that one. I think the art on the new Opt yeah, is super dope. Like sweet. I'm very excited for that, for sure. And speaking of art, yeah, um, Hushbringer, tell us about it. Yeah, no, uh, it's a new addition to the Hate Bear family. If you're unfamiliar with Hate Bears, it's just a strategy that means that you pay two mana for usually a one one or a two two or something like that that uh, limits what your opponents can do. Um, so this hate bear in particular is Hushbringer. It's a fairy with flying and lifelink. Creatures entering the battlefield or dying does not cause abilities to trigger. Or um, dying, everybody. Or dying. Two mana for this. Yeah. Uh, it's a one, two, but two mana for a torpor orb and a death trigger yeah. stop, I think yeah. is fantastic. And, and it's got evasion. The flying yeah. is nice. Like This is a very good... The very good hate bear. People were like, oh, but Tokatli Honor Guard, you know what I mean, was printed in Ixalan. And it's like, yeah, but Flying and Lifelink and the Death Trigger. Like, it, it is literally strictly better. Like, it is yeah. much better. Like, this, this card is super cool. I actually have been wanting to build a Chulane Stacks deck, or just really a Stacks deck in general, just to try something new. And this is definitely going to find its way in there. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking beforehand about the controversy over the art. Yeah, yeah. People, it's super polarizing. People really hate this artwork, and people really love it. I, I, I won't say I love it. Um, I do like it, though. I don't see what the issue is, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, like <laughs> I really it. like the artwork. Yeah. That would honestly be a piece that I would hang up. Yeah, how about it? Get an original print of it. Yeah, yeah that'd it, be sweet. It's I pretty agree. Sick. 
I do agree that it's not maybe necessarily something we see a whole lot in Magic as far as style-wise, but it's nice to see new style on cards, you know what I mean? Like It's almost like the focus itself is the the lips. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Yep. Little fairy coming down and Yeah. Sh- I really <laughs> I really enjoy this card for sure. Like o- overall, this is a, this is a pretty good card. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um one more while we're talking about white is deafening silence. Again, again, a super great card for a stack deck for one drop enchantment. Each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell per turn. Super good. Like, this is super tight. I really like this card. Um, it's a silence enchantment in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, I like it. And I think I, it'll be cool. I feel like the, the deck that really benefited the most from this would be any non-interactive deck. So, I mean, a lot of... I don't, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the term, like, Timmy. Like, Timmy deck mm-hmm. numbers. They, they just want to play and have a good time. They want to slap yep. out some big cards. They want to do some cool stuff. And um, this would be a fantastic addition to their deck because we bunch of blue playing, I hate fun, you're not allowed to have fun players rely a lot on non-creature interaction to this get rid of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Deafening Silence just says, well, now if I'm casting a... You know, just for Naya, for example, if if you're playing a Godsire, Godsire is something you can't really let stick. If you're a blue deck or a you know a control deck, it's you have to counter that. And if they manage to cast another big bomb, you can't you can't counter it. You know. Yeah. It, and I think it'll it's good for baiting in in non-blue decks. I think if you're playing hard interaction, if you're playing a lot of it, uh, this card really hurts you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have to be very judicious with your counter spells and your interaction because it locks you out after one. Yeah. You only get one. Yeah. Everybody gets one. <laughs> um, do you guys have any other ones that you want to talk about? I mean, Sorceress Spyglass got a reprint as far as, and it got a new art, which is really exciting. That's a card I've been wanting to get for my Urza deck, so I'm definitely going to pick this art up versus the Ixalan art. Yeah, I like that art much better, yeah. and in foil, it's going to look so sick. Oh, yeah, the, it's going to look the, beautiful. The separation of colors yep. from that dark 100%. blackish green to the gold on top, it's, it's yeah. going to look so good. I 100% agree. 100% I honestly agree. think that white legendary artifact might be the best looking foil. Or the, the Magic Mirror. I think the Magic Mirror is going to be Ooh, a yeah. sick foil. And the I Henge, think... too, will look dope with that portal yeah, in the middle and definitely. stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, last but not least, the one, one more card I'd like to talk about um, is the Witching Well. This card will specifically be going in my Urza CDH deck again. Um, so just a quick recap on what Urza does. The only line of text on him that's really relevant for this card is the Your Artifacts Can Tap for a Blue. So, the Witching Well is a one-drop artifact, and when it ETBs, you're going to scry two, and then for a blue and three, or a, a, yeah, a blue and three, and sacrificing the Witching Well, you can draw two cards. So, in Urza, this is a one-drop mana rock that scries you two when it ETBs, and then later, when you've sort of gotten yourself fixed with all your mana and things like that, you can get some card draw off of it. I... I think this is really sweet, and I'm excited to check it out in that deck for sure. It's also incredibly flavorful. 
Um, I actually saw somebody sort of breaking down the flavor for this card today. So think about it. Um, we've got a witching well, or your, your standard wishing well, you know? You're going to throw something in and wish. That's your scry. So you're hoping, you know, you're looking for something good. And then later on, the fulfillment of the wish through the drawing of two cards. Like, that's, that's super tight. Like, I didn't, yeah, I, I never looked at it like that, and I just, I thought this was a really good card. Super underrated, and it's a common, so it should be popping up fairly, uh, fairly frequently in all the packs and stuff like that. So, overall, again, the set, flavor-wise, really on point. Power level, nah, maybe not so much, but there's definitely still some good cards in there, some diamonds in the rough that can be added into all of our EDH decks, and I think that's, that's going to be exciting, as always. So. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I think we could sit here talking all day about the different, you know, some of the cool interactions. But uh, overall, I think we covered most of the yeah for sure the big hitters. So once again, guys, before we sign off, this weekend um, is the pre-release here at the Comics Vault. Um, starts around four. If you can show up, definitely show up. Uh, it's the first. Uh, pre-release being hosted here at the Comics Vault, so uh, we're really we're all really excited for sure. I would. Um, I'm really excited to give my money to the shop <laughs> for this pre-release. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and then the next week, the set releases, no events. But then after that, we do have the Arch Enemy tournament. We are That's doing be a brawl event on that Saturday. Of the, the set re- of, the the, release. of the release. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The release weekend. Yep. Sweet. Come out, buy a brawl deck. I think. I think I'll come you out will, just to grab a Tulane deck. That'll yeah, be pretty you cool. You will be able to pick the brawl deck that you want, and then um, yeah, you're just gonna sit there. I don't know how many rounds we're doing yet, but yeah, you get to yeah. sit there and play. I'm excited. I mean, bra- it's not so much that brawl is a bad format. It's just the rotation. I just I don't like the standard rotation. But I'm planning on buying Tulane to build an EDH deck, so I'm not really too concerned. And, um, yeah, that'll be great. So definitely keep an eye out. Um, You can check us out on the Facebook page at the uh, Commander's Vault and then on Instagram as well at at Commander's Vault, Um, Dale's Instagram page at MTG Survivalist, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, We've been the Commander's Vault. I would like to uh, give a shout-out to... uh Neil, our sponsor at the Comics Vault here, uh, for letting us do this, and uh, hope we get some more feedback from you guys. We like to hear your input, and we like to uh, talk to you guys. Definitely, absolutely. But. All right, till next time. Have a good one. Later. Later.